0: Hey, this is Joshua Budich, and you're listening to the Master of One Podcast. You can check me out at joshuabudich.com or at jbudich on Instagram.
1: Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One Podcast, part two for this week. This week, we conclude our month of Ninja Turtles as we talk with a guy who's no stranger to the four Green Brothers, artist and illustrator Chris Lee, a.k.a. The Beast is Back. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. Subbing
2: in for Patrick, I'm Andrew, the master of books. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games.
1: So take the fetal position and just play dead, because this beast has arrived for another episode. He's going to eat his face. So for this sandbox episode, we are finishing up our month with Ninja Turtles, and it has been a fantastic month. And, and man, seriously, if we have ever had a month that was themed, this was it. Um, and so we are finishing the month with a guy who really needs no introduction. Um, everyone in the in the uh, the community knows who this guy is. Maybe not by his name, but definitely by his moniker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mister The Beast is back, Chris Lee. Hey,
3: everyone. Hi, Chris.
1: Hey. Chris. <laughs> this for the intro. You squirmed a little bit when I, I said that people know who you are. But it was so
3: grand. I've, n-
1: I've not found anybody who doesn't know who you are. So that <laughs> felt very true to me. So
3: I'm sure there's plenty of people who listen to this podcast who don't know who I am. Ah, well, they won't after this
1: episode's over. Oh. So Chris, why don't you do us a favor and tell everybody who you are and give us like the little Wikipedia page about you.
3: Uh, okay. Uh, my name is Chris Lee. I'm an illustrator living in Los Angeles, uh, originally from Sacramento, graduated from Sacramento state in 2006. So this year is like 10 year anniversary of being out of college. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, I work on mostly print, uh, or illustration for advertising, uh, for print. Um, then I sell my own work and I run a Side business called nightcake Press, which is yeah. right now just kind of enamel pins and fun little knickknacks and uh yeah always busy
1: <laughs> well your your work is you're, you're pretty prolific in in terms of the um the illustrations you do that kind of tie themselves back to the nostalgia. Mm. And so, I mean, you're very much a friend to those of us who grew up in the eighties and early nineties, um, because all of your work seemingly seems to kind of center around that. Can you talk to us a little bit about what, um, what drives that passion and what drives the, the work that you do as it pertains to that kind of, uh, eighties and nineties toy and cartoon genre?
3: Uh, oh, man, that's, that's a huge question. Um, I think the, the, the root of it all really is just how good, well, I know we're all looking through rose-colored glasses, but just, just the sheer amount of options we had as kids um, in terms of what we could be interested in, it was just so much more than it is today. And I think those, those properties back then, um, like every cartoon had a toy line. Yeah. Um they weren't all just TV or movie tie-ins and I think that made a a big difference in how much we were involved or at least I was involved with um like what I liked. Like, yeah. you know, a uh, obscure show like Silverhawks had a really big toy line cuz like the company committed and um you know, I I I just think uh those memories are kind of lasting and and just influence kind of the rest of my life and and uh and I, and my work.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the idea that something is, gets more ingrained in you, the more avenues you have to connect to it, um, is something that, that maybe gets, gets lost on some people. And I think, uh, when people get so concerned about making money or they get so concerned about, um, you know, turning a profit or whatever—that they forget that that these things actually mean something intrinsically to people. Yeah. Um. It it can take a turn that's that's not, um, you know, that's not the. I, I can't even think how to articulate. It. it takes a turn that's not as healthy for yeah. the actual. Um, like, I, I wonder how nostalgia will look thirty years from now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that as well because I don't know if kids these days are into things as much as they are into,
0: you know, apps and, you know, their digital life. Uh, I wonder if that'll be the, I guess maybe I should also introduce myself. I'm Andrew taking over for Patrick this week. Um, Welcome. I wonder if that'll be the, Hey guys. (laughs) uh, Do you think that'll be the nostalgia for the next generation? Like when the next thing gets past apps and the kind of digital, World will that be the thing that people long for? Is remember the days when they used to have like an app tie in and uh, <laughs> like a website, and that'll be the thing that is kind of looked at uh, as kind of uh, uh, from simpler times. Yeah, maybe
3: maybe people will be uh, hunting for screenshots of uh, a Candy Crush login screen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be the the talk of when uh, Angry Birds was tied to this property or that, mm-hmm. and how much we miss those times. <laughs> That'll be when we reach the singularity and we're all just kind of float. Well, I don't know. That's a whole thing. Uh, (laughs) Wow.
1: You're taking this, you're taking this
0: deep. (laughs) I mean, I'm filling in for Patrick. That's what I got to do.
1: Oh, don't, don't say that. He'll hear this and and think that (laughs) you you don't even know what you just did. Andrew. (laughs) Um,
0: I guess one question I wanted to ask was how that kind of spirit of kind of television and kind of media from the kind of time when we grew up influences your visuals today or how it's kind of affected you visually Um, do you have an idea of maybe even just kind of as far as characters are concerned or, um, how you approach the content of your work, uh, with that as an influence?
3: Uh, I definitely love character design. So I feel like, you know, the the properties that I enjoy are heavily character based. Um, I mean, that influence is more general, but specifically in, in terms of style, I don't, I don't really know exactly, <laughs> uh, you know, I know the spirit kind of uh, permeates, uh, you know, it's kind of a through line through my work, but um, I can't think of a specific example.
0: Well, okay. So I guess maybe one thing I uh, could say about your work is that I feel, I mean, obviously I'm a huge fan. So this is also me just kind of gushing over kind of your work and uh, the kind of span that I've followed it. Um is that I find your character work has a lot of kind of great personality or expression, um, that even if the design is fairly simple, uh, it still can and does emote a lot of, uh, kind of really intense, um, personality. Uh, so I don't know if that necessarily kind of harkens back to kind of our influences or what we were talking about at the start. Um, but I would still say that either way, your work to me at least communicates a lot of kind of, um, Just, I guess, yeah, personality, that's going to be the kind of capital P word that I want to say. Um, So I guess maybe going from there, do you have a sense of the kind of work that you gravitate towards? Like I know you mentioned kind of um, character driven Mm -hmm. work. Does that also then reflect the work that you kind of tend to sign on for when a client comes to you? Uh,
3: Ideally, uh, generally the clients come to me for character type or character focused work. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, the personality that you uh, are mentioning that kind of comes through, I don't think that really harkens back to, I don't know, my past or our past or influences from our past. I think that's kind of um, maybe just an evolution of – not an evolution, but –
1: I think, I mean, evolution – so it's funny that you say evolution because – in my head, I was thinking um, how I've seen you – know, I've, so I've been following you for years. Actually, you've been a topic on the podcast, I mean, back from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was our first Turtle episode with Alex Delianas, oh, yes. and I had just gotten your, your Turtle poster that's hanging right there. Um, and, I mean, it had just come in that day, and we talked about that with Alex Delianis. And um, so you've been – I mean, you've been the topic for a while, but your style – has evolved, and I and I even in just the past couple of years, I've seen it take on this different, um, this different feel. Like what, yeah. what is it? Um, what, what would is, what would you say would be behind that kind of metamorphosis in your design? Is it just more? Uh, you're just exploring new things. You're seeing inspiration from new things. Like what's driving that evolution?
3: I think uh, that's a great question. I can answer this one. Uh, <laughs> it, it's partially due to restlessness. Um I always want to experiment, I always want to try something new. But I think going back further, uh I used to work uh for 3 years I worked in motion graphics as an art director at Buck, um who's fairly well known in the industry, but uh you know, I took that job coming from print and I didn't know anything about motion graphics. And um when I was there, uh, basically I I was forced to, every job had a different look or different style that needed to be achieved. And as a, I was just a designer there. As a designer, we had to basically adapt or I had to adapt to every style that was put on my plate. You know, sometimes I have to do paper cutout style. I would have to do kind of like uh, really high end glossy uh, 3D, 3D work with cinema 4D or uh, retro, like mid-century character design. And. I think that uh, that kind of like rapid uh, kind of change uh, affected the way I approached my work. Mm. So uh, I think I'm really adaptable. Yeah. And yeah. this evolution you see is probably me adapting to um, either a new idea I have for how to approach uh, a print or a client job and, and just kind of do what's needed. Yeah. But, but the the part I can explain is like people say, like, even though I have a bunch of different styles represented in my portfolio, there's still like a a, a spirit that's um, me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really explain yeah. that. But maybe that's just from doing tons of work or even though I have a bunch of different styles in my like in my portfolio, um, there, there's still a, a spirit or, or that's a through line that kind of unifies all my work together. And yeah. it's probably something it's just. The energy, or just something I can't explain. Really, it's not like a specific detail or yeah. technique. It's just, just how. Yeah, when, see, well,
2: when you see, when you see a beast's back. Oh,
0: sorry, go ahead, Luke.
2: Artwork, you can tell it's yours. You know, whatever that, whatever that quality is, it, it's there. Whether it's you know the bigger heads on smaller bodies, or uh, exaggerated jaw lines, or like the, it, it's something. Um, and you can, de- I, you definitely tell. Your work has this thread that runs through it. That's definitely you. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Selector Hero series. So,
3: this when did you start that? How long ago was that? Uh, Well, the the version that's out now is the second. Right. I call it the 2.0 version. But I did this the first one in early 2009, just as an experiment to, um, or an exercise really, to to explore like uh, because before that I haven't really drawn pop like. Fan yeah. art, and then that was oh, the, prior to that. That was prior your, to that. that was, I didn't wow, really okay. draw any fan art. What a way and, to
1: jump into it!
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so in 2009, I decided to to draw kind of you know the, the good guy and bad guy from most of the major uh properties and just all the titles that I, I was a fan of. Um, and then that was about 72 entries yeah. of characters, and then 2.0 ended up uh, being a little over 200, which, you know, even then I'm scratching the surface. It's kind of crazy. So
2: it feels like from, from following that on Instagram, you did, uh, how long, how long of a span of time did you do those over? Cause it feels like you crammed a lot into a short amount of time.
3: Um, yeah, I was doing them pretty fast. Uh, I think once I was like in the middle of it, it was just this rhythm. Mm-hmm. I had the style, uh, uh figured yeah. out and the coloring technique. And it was just a matter of, Translating that into you know new characters, um, I think maybe a year or less, maybe a little bit less than a year. That's pretty awesome for over yeah, ten months. Yeah. That's
1: insane. <laughs> what's so? What's the um, so? You had your first iteration of it, mm-hmm. and then um, how many how many pieces were in the first one? Did you just 72? say seventy
3: two? Seventy two. Yeah. It was so th- a completely different style. Like that's right. another evolution thing too,
1: where it's just it's totally different it's like more geometric uh, and, and you redid some of the same characters um I did, yeah. in your next in your next batch and it they're, they're totally different totally new so it gave people something um, totally new to spend their money on which is good <laughs> <laughs> great business model yeah. you put now just just keep evolving that and keep giving people a reason to spend money um but what's what was your um, – I know you kind of set yourself as like a, a bit of a deadline, right, for this because you were going to release all these at a show. I don't remember exactly what con, what con you, you kind of put them all out at, right?
3: Uh, I don't think – it wasn't a deadline to finish the series. It was more okay. of – I set my – I kind of ended the series recently because okay. I didn't want to um, – I was just done with it. There's just too many and sure. I felt like I, I did what I needed to do and –
1: it's on so, to but, the next thing, <laughs> but I remember that when you when you released them at at the con, you kind of did it in a big way. Like you had, I mean, it was you had signage up, and you had oh, like yeah. this this grid of all these. Um, and the prints themselves are what? Just the, they're just a few inches, right? Like three and a half by five or something like that.
3: Uh, yeah, three and a half by four and a half, and they're on yeah, like so, really thick watercolor paper.
1: Yeah, so they're mm-hmm. they're. Um, it's incredibly impressive when you take the the vast number that you have and kind of tile your your booth with them. But I remember the response um at least online feeling like everybody was super excited about this series. Did you feel that um kind of excitement coming through um on the crea- on the creator side?
3: Uh yeah, uh when people come by my booth, I think the the, the first thing they are is overwhelmed cuz if you look at a wall of 200 prints, it's kind of crazy right um so people are kind of just staring for about 10 minutes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and are are each of them limited or is it uh and are they open series um
3: i had limited ones that were kind of the larger i call them the the, like supersized or oversized hero pieces okay um but the smaller ones were were just kind of open edition
1: and they're still available on your site correct
3: yes um yeah
1: they are so what I loved about those is it, has, it gave an opportunity for people to get um, an entry point into not just your work, but into pop culture art um, and like that nostalgia art because you made it very accessible for people. The yeah. artwork is fantastic. It's very focused. It's each one each one of them is like you have said, you're very character-based. Each one of them is is um centered on one character or maybe a main character and then like a sub character. Um and you have made the entry point very very easy for people to on ramp into this because they're only $5 a piece. Yeah. <laughs> and and these are things that people grew up with. So, what was the the thought process behind making them the size that they are? and then pricing them the way that you did, and then providing like all the accessories and stuff that you did by having like the pre-cut mats?
3: Uh, well, the size I chose, because a lot of people don't, I mean, myself included, I, I don't have a lot of space for large art prints. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just like collecting small things. Um, and then a question I had from the first version of this series was, um, well, I don't know what to do with them because they're so small. Right. And then so the second... This 2.0, I decided to offer custom cut mats in a, you know, kind of off the shelf frame sizes so people didn't have to do any work. It was just ready for them to kind of basically create their own array of their favorite characters.
1: You are a man of the people.
0: <laughs> now, so if you don't mind me jumping in with, um, or kind of talking about the process, would you mind kind of speaking to how you set up something of this scope? Like when you started off, was it, uh, were you setting out with a couple of hundred or a list of almost every character you ended up doing, or did it grow and change over time? How did it, I know we're talking about evolution, but how did it evolve from before you started to launch it to kind of midway through to before you ended it?
3: Uh, <clears throat> let's see. It definitely grew and changed, or yeah, changed over time. Um, the, the hardest part was establishing the style because I wanted to do something different, and then I wanted to do something that would be consistent over, you know, a hundred plus pieces. Um, because even by working from the first, uh, I don't know, the first ones I did were the the turtles, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, from tying that, it back to the theme. From those to the the last ones I did, which were I think some WWF characters yeah. or WWE characters. Um, did you
1: have Randy Macho Man Savage in there? I believe he is in there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, from number one to number you know two hundred, they, they were. I, I feel like it's pretty consistent, but there are some things that change just from doing so many. Um, Think, now, were yeah. you
0: doing a few before you released? Like, did you start with the Turtles, release them, and then move on to the next one? Or did you have a batch uh, or kind of a reserve of 20, 30, 100 uh, uh, before you started to launch them?
3: Uh, the first time I did them, uh, let's say, or, the, or I had them for sale. Um, I only had maybe 30, just because that's all I had oh, done okay. at the time. And then by the next time yeah. I had you like... You say only 30, but <laughs> <yeah>. still 30. <laughs> only 30 know.
1: individual pieces of artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and
3: okay, then so I saw so it doubled, 30. and oh, then yeah, just kept steamrolling or snowballing. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, did you end up going back? And while you were working on those thirty, did you end up going back to number one to update, even after kind of starting with that small batch? Or did you commit and say, "Nope, this is it," and I'm going to launch it? Oh, great! No, I committed.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> just oh, that's full on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so jumping out of of that into a. Uh, a different topic altogether. So this is all kind of self-imposed work, self-imposed uh, initiatives, and all these things. Um, let's jump to your client work for a little bit because people have seen your client work, whether they realize they've seen your client work or not. So tell us some of the um, some of the bigger clients that you've worked with, and then we'll dive into some of those pieces.
3: Oh man, um, I've done stuff for Target and Hasbro and um, Disney Consumer Products. Uh, Lucas licensing, uh, uh, did a project for Nike play school. I mean, just, just a bunch of, you know,
1: so a couple a of, brands. you know, little mom and pop shops. That's <laughs>
3: yeah. A, yeah. You may so, have heard of them. <laughs> yeah. So
1: when you say you've done work with target, yeah. um, your work with target is pretty expansive because, um, well tell us what some of the work that you've done for target and then, uh, we'll, we'll dive off that.
3: Uh, I started doing gift cards with them in 2007, and then uh, in 2013, I did um, their uh, in-store Halloween signage and kind of their Halloween campaign. Um, I worked on their holiday, their 2015 holiday adventure book with uh, Don Clark at Invisible Creature and Matt Koffenberg.
1: That's awesome. Um, And... Um, So, So, so let's talk about the, so when you say that you've done some of like the Halloween signage and things like that, you're talking about not just like, you know, a little arrow that points like Halloween candy this way, you're talking like full character, massive cardboard cutouts hanging from the ceiling, like the strips, all the point of sale stuff. That's all stuff that comes out of your brain, right?
3: Yeah, it was a collaboration between me and their uh their their art directors there. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, basically all the signage for that, you know, span of 3 4 months was yeah.
1: So talk to us about that project. Talk to us about how cuz I when I saw that, without even knowing it was you, I knew it was you. I'm like that that looks really familiar. Like I'm <laughs> pretty sure I know who did that. And then I don't know. It was a couple days later. I saw you posted it on your Instagram. I'm like, I was right, and I was really happy with myself because that very seldom happens. Yeah. But saw all of the uh, all of the artwork. Talk talk to us about that. What it, what it's like to work with Target on creating kind of um, you're really creating an environment in the in the uh, uh, in the store like this little sub environment inside the Target store. What's what's that process like?
3: Uh, that particular job was was a uh, pretty intense. Uh, I worked, it was like a month and a half of work like every day. So nonstop. Um, it was an accelerated schedule because of some marketing changes they had. And then I jumped in to pitch and then they ended up going with my design. And then it was just kind of full speed ahead from, from that point. Um, probably one of the most challenging jobs in my career. Uh, just yeah. on how many pieces there were, and Target really takes their in-store signage pretty seriously. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people
0: to please.
1: So. In like, uh, you, oh, sorry, oh, guys, I was just Andrew. gonna say in in the best way, though, right? Like they take that stuff seriously in a way that is good for you as an artist, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely not in the bad way.
0: Um, and I was going to ask how much of it was on the sliding scale between kind of targets art direction and you, where did this kind of project fall? Like how much of Chris Lee did you get to put into the project? Um, Cause something of this scale obviously needs to have some direction. Um, but you, I, I, I take it, you got to take the reins at some point and say, yeah. actually, let's try this. So would you mind talking about that process a bit as far as that kind of back and forth? Sure.
3: Um, all the concepts that you were talking or all the pieces you're talking about, like the, the end caps and the, the hanging signs and all those things, they were all kind of predetermined like they had an idea of what they wanted based on the space. And uh, a lot of them were uh, integrated with um, certain brands like seven up, I think. And so there, there were things that we had to do for, you know, to kind of satisfy both sides. Um, but I, percentage wise, I would still, I I guess in the end, I still had to execute everything in my style. Um, So I don't know. I want to say it was still 50-50, but I guess (laughs) 75-25. It it was truly collaborative. I mean, no one was drawing my work for me. Um, Okay. Yeah, they
1: didn't say, hey, we want to see this skeleton with this kind of look on his face. And they sketch it out for you and say, now you make it in your style.
3: Yeah, there were some pieces that were kind of like that, but they were like, you know, kind of rough thumbnails. But that's the same with any client job, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And then were you getting everything up front, or was it uh, progressing in that, okay, now that we've finished this stage, now let's start to talk about this. It was something of that scale. It was staggered, or was it all at once?
3: It was was staggered because the the schedule was so hectic that there was no time to, like, pre-plan everything.
1: Did you did you have uh, – was that, that process – did you essentially take that month, month and a half and dedicate it solely to Target? Or did you have to juggle that big client with other big clients or your personal work or anything like that? Um,
3: the only – I'm trying to remember now. It's been so long. Uh, there may have been one other job, but the only other project I remember working on at the same time was – my Star Wars action figure compendium poster, which, um, yeah, that's the only, it's almost like I finished that one right as this target one started. I feel gotcha.
1: I can't,
3: I can't remember, but basically but got I got, the majority basically of the I got time. lucky. I got lucky okay. with the schedule. <laughs>
0: Good yeah uh and so speaking then obviously between target and what you've talked about with your personal work both uh or with these projects that are of such a kind of a great scale how do you balance the personal versus client work um I, even in the span of a year like are you generally kind of running personal stuff at the same time as your client or does that kind of fill in the gaps between projects how do you try to approach your schedule as a kind of a freelance image maker
3: um for me if i'm not working on client work then i'm jumping on my personal bucket list or like my list of projects that are on the back burner. And, uh, if there's like a, for some reason, a, you know, usually the the beginning of the year is kind of slow just cause people are getting their projects organized. And, uh, that's like my time to get a lot of things done between January and like early March. So, uh, yeah, uh, my, my, my list of personal
0: projects I have is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now do you find and maybe this is also me speaking with from my personal experience too do you find those personal projects tend to be uh or the one that you tend to take on tends to be the one that you've thought of most recently or are you responsible and controlled enough that you can say well no 6 <laughs> months ago I thought of this and I'm going to work on this and then I'm going to cross it off before I move on to this new great idea that I really want to get to uh
3: if if I really like an idea and it's uh been like uh on the back of my mind for a long time, then I'll definitely re- revisit it,
0: okay. <laughs> which is why I write everything well, down because I, I will forget otherwise. <laughs> well, and is that where the kind of return to the select your heroes came from? Like you had a project that you liked, you went away from it for a while, and then it was still something that you're still passionate about that you then returned to it.
3: Yeah. Well, the, the, the reason why I want to return to that series is the, the first series didn't reflect my work anymore at that time. If that makes sense. Okay. Like when I started 2.0, uh, my work didn't look like 1.0 at all. And uh, I wanted to kind of update it to, you know, show where I was now.
0: If that makes, I don't know. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to parse out is whether or not in three to five years, there's going to be a Select Your Heroes 3.0.
3: No, uh, no, there won't. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> the definitive word. Yeah, they are done. Not. So if you want yours, get them now. <laughs>
3: if I do any more fan related, um, Pieces. It's going to be on a much uh, more small or much smaller scale in terms of quantity.
0: Okay. So, or with a di- like with a different direction and kind of concept behind
3: yeah, it. Yeah, so, definitely. Cool. But but not individual characters kind of represented in that manner.
2: So I I have a segue into uh, smaller things. You, you so you have Nightcake, too, which is pins. So where did for now? Yes. Yeah, where, where did that come from? <laughs> so what was the progression of, uh, of from what you were doing in in print? An illustration to pins.
3: Uh, well, I came across kind of the the, the pin game, as they call it, uh, and I thought it was kind of cool. It's like oh, it'd be it's like a new medium that's has a lot of uh, opportunities to kind of like play around with. So, um, and then I've been wanting to start another platform to do different kinds of illustration yeah. work um, that wouldn't necessarily fit with the Beast is back um, maybe more experimental stuff, uh, been wanting to do like risograph prints and maybe s- some more abstract things, but things I couldn't throw up in my beast, you know, beast store. Um, so I, I created a separate brand for that stuff to live on. And, um, the pins uh, initially they were just, I was just going to do, you know, a, a dozen or, or so just to, as a fun yeah. thing. And that kind of snowballed <laughs> and, uh, and now th- th- that's kind of what I've been focusing on. But, um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it, especially photographing them. I love photographing those <laughs> <Yeah>. pins. Well,
1: <laughs> you always do such a fun job photographing them. And they're always like your you're, – so let me ask you about your approach to that just, as, just real quick. Um, all of your pins have a distinctly uh, familiar feeling to them but at the same time are slightly off. So what's the? I mean, they're they're a little funky, a little fun, um, and uh, but they, but they feel like something that you kind of grew up with. What's the what's the uh, the mindset behind that? What's the the approach you take when you're creating these pins um, to creating that balance? Uh,
3: there's some that are definitely uh, you know some pop culture twists. Um, I couldn't not do that. It's just it's too fun. Um, but the rest of them. Are...
1: So talk to me about this. Yeah. Maybe this would be better. So I have a bunch of your pins, right? So I think I wear pins literally every single day, and so I'm always I'm always picking a different one to kind of just be fun. So tell me about this avocado one. It's got an avocado um, with uh, a smiley face and sunglasses. Like, tell me about this pin. What What was the inspiration behind this, and what were you trying to communicate through it?
3: <laughs> okay, so there's two parts of that one. Part one is I love avocados. Okay, and avocados and eggs together. Okay. Uh, and uh, Sanrio has this uh, this character uh, named um, um, Gudetama, and okay. it's kind of an egg character. And I was like, how could I, um, you know, kind of flip this in a fun way? Okay. And so I stuck him in an avocado where the seed would be, and then I just gave gotcha. him sunglasses because why not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because sunglasses makes everything yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, so let me let me do this. Let me cycle us into our final questions cuz we want to be respectful of your time and we want to make this uh a, you know, bite-sized for everybody. Um, so let me ask this question and then we'll we'll jump into our final questions. What can we expect next from Nightcake? From Nightcake.
3: Um, I have some exclusive pins at Comic-Con nice. coming up. Um, and hopefully in the fall I'll start working on some of those Reso graph prints and some screen prints, kind of stepping away from the pen stuff. Okay. Um,
1: I say have Sarah, of, Did you say serigraph prints? Uh, Risa graph. Risa graph. Okay. Yeah. So what, what's what are those? What's the? It's like
3: uh, the, it's like a giant Xerox machine that okay. people have been using for uh, as like an alternative to screen printing, just because the the way the uh, the toner lays. Down, I don't know if it's toner, but the way the ink or toner lays down. Uh, looks like screen printing, Okay. and the effects are kind of unpredictable, and hmm. and I really like that that, that quality. So
1: unpredictable is yeah. a that's an interesting word because that would make me me as the creator be like, I want to have total control yeah. <laughs> over what this end product looks like, but um, like registration not
3: always there, and uh, you know I think it's neat. It makes each piece really unique. Yeah, well, so. cool. All right. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's you, what's next, I hope, if I find time.
0: <laughs> and are you working with, uh, like, a large-scale risograph printer? or Because I know you can also invest in small kind of personal. Like, is this, uh, a, like, a Chris Lee personalized risograph printer? No, I was,
3: I was looking into buying one, but it's really expensive. And I think for now okay. I'm going to, uh, you know, hire a, a, you know, a person who does risograph prints to do at least the initial bunch. Just to see how they go before I kind of take the plunge.
0: Oh, great! Very cool. Okay, because
3: it it would take up a third of my office. (laughs) It's it's that big.
1: (laughs) Just get a bigger office. You have have that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Just Luke just goes straight to the front door with it. That's (laughs) yeah, no filter.
2: Um, So my final question, I guess you mentioned uh, you mentioned a bucket list, as it were. I guess Uh, what are some other things on that list?
3: Oh, man. Um, Uh I'll share a few of them. Some would like to keep. uh,
1: These are M of One podcast exclusives, everybody. (laughs) Listen up. Keep your ears perked. Here it comes.
3: This is my my little black book of ideas. Um, I really want to do a print series that uh, it's like fictional miniature golf courses. Um, I really (laughs) love mini golf and kind of the whimsy nature of – you know the giant windmills or the castle or the oh i love that i don't I know, know just the weird the weird stuff there it's kind of like well that will play
2: well with your really... fortress of american food stand right
3: yeah, it'd be sim- similar to that, but in a, in a different style, less character-based, but more about the yeah, course man, itself. I love it.
1: I where the where the course becomes the character. Dude, yes, so the course good. is the
3: main the main focus. There is no, you yeah, know,
0: and it could be. Is this like isometric? Like, are you thinking a topographical yeah. point of view, or is this still from? A, oh, it, cool, could it could be. It
3: could be. Yeah, isometric. It could be like a force perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. That, that ha- really excites
1: yeah. me as a, as a, I'm a huge fan of putt-putt golf. Yeah. So oh, putt um, golf, mini golf. Yeah. I guess it yeah. depends
3: where you come from, but same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like saying the, or the, <laughs> you know, it just depends on how, how classy, how classy you are, whether you pronounce yours, the beast is back or the beast is back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, so but so yeah, that, that,
3: that one's been on my mind for a long time. So I hope to to visit that one, but definitely a lot more original work, like original ideas.
0: Uh, w- well, for my final question, I'm going to kind of do a 180 on what you just said. Um, although still kind of speaking to Bucket List, uh, is there a property that you haven't worked with yet that uh, personal or client you'd like to work with? Hmm.
3: Personal or client. Um, <laughs> I really want to do... I really want to brand a restaurant or a bar. Like cool. the menu... Yeah. Um, everything you know and it, i've gone to the so many of my like, like, like my favorite mom and pop restaurants around here and it's like oh i just wish i could volunteer my time and you know but it's like soliciting services to people who might not want things sure. changed yeah but it's just right you know fr- from a designer's point of view it's like oh i can i can make this so much better for you
1: <laughs> tail is all this time man yeah i'll, but, I'll sit uh, i'll sit in restaurants and see, think that same thing like I can, I would love a chance that I'll do it for free. I would love yeah. a chance to just do this for you. But then you're like, well, oh, maybe, maybe the owner's son did yeah. this and you don't want to offend him And no, yeah. But yeah, from uh, the ground up,
3: this- I, I would love to, to do like something like, yeah, with a restaurant or a bar.
0: Do you have a, a food in mind? Like, my ideal would be a burger shop yep. just because I, I love a burger, but do you have something or a food product that.
1: Colby beef? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I win. I um,
3: win.
0: Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, I can't top that.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, burgers and fries would be awesome, or fried chicken or something fun like that, but, you know, sushi place, nothing fancy, you know. Okay. Yeah.
1: Nothing gotcha. no, no
3: white linen um, restaurants. Right.
1: Yeah. So. Speaking of fancy and white linens, I'm going to ask my final question. Um, Your, so Disney, (laughs) right? Um, You just recently did a a piece for Disney um, out at the Wonderground Gallery um, that was incredibly awesome. And it was your Pinocchio piece. Can you just give us a quick uh, behind the scenes look at at how that that whole project, well, you did, you didn't mean you did a couple of them, but your Pinocchio piece is, is the one that like I, was attracted to uh, right away. But tell us about what it was like working with Disney. How did they approach you? What that, that process was like? Um, did they come to you with the different properties that they wanted you to do? Or, you know, just talk to us through that creative process.
3: Um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Disney actually, or the wonder Ground gallery scouted me through DesignerCon last cool. year. Okay. Um, which happens in Pasadena in November. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who these people were, but you know, they contacted me after the show and uh, invited me uh, to be part of the gallery, so I said sure. Um, but in terms of the properties, it was really up to me. Okay, um, there were some that were kind of off limits for kind of licensing complications. Okay, but um,
1: when you say like like off limits, you're talking about like Star Wars stuff or, yeah, or specific movies, like the, or yeah,
3: there are more hoops to jump through and okay. like, with approvals, and so. Um, I guess things could be done, but it, it would just be more preferred if um, I pick something in their, their so, you know, normal stable, which they have a ton of stuff already to choose from.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Disney, so you figure yeah, they've, got, they've they got a couple, a couple things. things in there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, then the challenge was kind of distilling down, you know, my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and then from those favorite movies, which ones are my, I really connected to. Okay. And I really loved Pinocchio as a kid. and okay. I mean, watching it now, it's extremely dark, uh, yeah, almost yeah. depressing. <laughs> you know, outside of that, in that opening scene in Geppetto's workshop. Um, so, so saying that, uh, I want to focus on Geppetto's workshop, <laughs> the happier parts yeah. of the movie. Yeah, um, I really love the cuckoo clock designs, uh, kind of in the 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 slow pans um, at night, and um, so I knew I wanted that to be the focus, and then. Um, less about Pinocchio, more about the cuckoo clocks in general, when it comes to pop culture things and, and character stuff, I always like kind of the C or B list characters, especially in yeah. star Wars. That's like a different, different conversation, but you know, I like the background characters, which is why I love return of the Jedi so much. There's so many oh, so, yeah. obscure it's so rich with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the cuckoo clocks to me were kind of these, you know, uh, B or C list, um, you know, they, they didn't really take center stage, but they're just part of the atmosphere, but yeah. I wanted to bring them to kind of bring them the focus.
1: Yeah. So. Well, you did a great job. And we talked to somebody about it, um, on the show, actually, I believe, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was Tom Whalen or, so there was somebody it else that we Jared, talked to no, yeah, and it was Jared. I it may have yeah. been Jared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jared. Um, and, and he was talking about how he either saw it or ha- had picked it up or something like that. And, and, I just, I want to see it in person. We'll be going uh, for Comic-Con. Luke and I are heading out that way. So in about a month, um, we'll be out there and uh, looking forward to seeing that piece in person because the colors look great. They're so rich. And I mean, it tells the story of the whole movie, but through the cuckoo clocks. Um, yeah. Yeah.
3: There were some cuckoo clocks I added in there that weren't part of the ones shown that I kind of wanted to make up. Um, like there's one in there, I believe, of uh, of Monstro. Yep. yep. Um
1: And then I don't know if there's another one, but there's the
3: whale. Yeah. Yeah. The monster, of the whale.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, who's the guy then uh, with the, I thought monster was the name of like the, the, uh, the puppet master guy with the, I think that's Stromboli. Oh, Stromboli. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it just, it, you did it. You did an awesome job with it. Hey, (laughs) something that we didn't talk about that we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, um, tell us about your love of the turtles. This is oh, Turtles yes. month. We've somehow managed to make it through the entire episode. Didn't talk about the Ninja Turtles, but um, but for a brief second, you said that your your hero series started with the Ninja Turtles. You have a deep love of Ninja Turtles. Um, you've got several pieces that I've that I've purchased of yours that are Ninja Turtles. Tell us about where that comes from.
3: Uh, basically, the Ninja Turtles kind of rose above all else when I was a kid, uh, above Transformers, above. He-Man, uh, granted there, you know, they came out at different times, but I was at the perfect age to be fully sucked in by kind of like turtle mania, uh, like eight or nine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just stuck with me forever.
1: Have you been able to do any work with, um, the actual property like, uh, yet? No, not yet,
3: but I'd love okay. to.
1: <laughs> so we have people who listen who can maybe help that happen. So if you're listening and you're and you're hearing this is the this is the battle cry of the man who needs to get some licensed Ninja Turtle work under his belt. He, if you could only see the smile on his face right now, you would know he needs this. Um, that's a bucket list item that he didn't want to mention, but I'll mention it for him. So, um, Nickelodeon, if you're listening, toss him out somewhere because it's because uh, he ne- he needs to get some of those under his belt. Well, um, what's coming up that you want to tell people about? Some stuff that you want to promote? Uh, how can people support you? Give you money? All that jazz.
3: Uh, okay, stuff coming up. I have a booth at Comic Con. It's going to be booth fifteen thirty five. Okay. And uh, I have a lot of new prints, uh, new pins, and uh, it's my first time exhibiting there, so I'm really excited to uh, kind of be out there. And uh, I am kind of bummed about not being able to walk the floor as an attendee because I'll be working yeah. the whole time. But uh, yeah, I'll, we'll and all watch all your booth for you bit. for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah make yeah. sure you guys come by. Uh, you can find me at thebeastisback.com. And, and then you can follow Nightcake Press at nightcakepress.com or on Instagram at nightcakepress. Uh, same with at the Beast is Back for Instagram
1: awesome hey if you have if you're listening to this and you hadn't yet heard of beast's back or you didn't know you haven't looked at his work but you've seen it now go buy some of his stuff he has all sorts of really really cool things um in his shop seriously you won't be disappointed um it is it is fantastic stuff hey um thanks for taking a minute to chat with us would you mind um picking some tokens for us sounds good all right so that's it for the interview portion of the episode up next tokens The tokens portion of every episode is when we figure out the categories through which we are going to talk about next week. And so Chris is here and he is going to help us pick them out. So I'm shuffling the tokens right now. Go ahead and give us a number between one and three, and you'll be picking for Andrew, who is currently sitting in for Patrick.
3: All right, let's go with number two.
1: Number two. Uh Luke. Patrick has art and design. Sorry. All right. So, Yay. congratulations, yeah. Luke's been getting art and design regularly, and um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know anything else about art and design. He needs I a have week.
2: Exhausted all of my knowledge. <laughs> knowledge. I know that art is stuff and design <laughs> is stuff.
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, Andrew, um, next week, make sure that Luke know or make sure that Patrick knows to talk about art and design.
0: Great. Right. And If he if, uh, fails to show up, then I will take the reins. Yeah. Be at, for him. Yeah. Be at Fine. the ready. Why don't <laughs> be you just in on it?
1: um um, okay pick a number uh, one and two and you'll be picking for me uh let's
3: go number one
1: number one all right i have toys and games that means luke you have tv and and film my friend nice um seriously huge thanks to chris for joining the show i mean i don't don't need to say like i'm gonna say to you thank you for joining (laughs) the show um i know we've been chatting for a while and um thanks for all your help with uh with the master of one pins you you gave us a lot of counsel when it came to that um so if you haven't we we need to send one your way don't we We'll deliver it yeah. personally. We'll deliver. We'll it bring one to you oh, at Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring. Yeah, we'll bring one to you at Comic Con. But uh, thanks for being a supporter of the show. Thanks for doing great work, um, and thanks for talking with us. Thanks um, for having me on. You can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about in this episode on mofonepodcast.com. You can also find episode archive to listen to the entire month of Ninja Turtles. I mean, Luke, it was a good one, right? Dude, it was insane. We talked to Kevin Eastman.
2: Like we did. Oh man, mind we blown. So much yeah, we stuff.
1: we We covered the gamut for sure. Yeah. Um, it was a great, great month. So go, go back and check out all those episodes and then you can check out all the episodes. I mean, we have over 150 in there. You can listen to all sorts of fantastic guests talk about incredible things. Um, you can find us on social media, just search M of one podcast on Instagram, Twitter, LO, and Facebook. You can find us on Slack too. Join the community there in the conversation, M of One Podcast.com slash Slack. Um, we have personal social media. Luke, what's yours? Yeah, Luke
2: Gall on Instagram and Twitter.
1: And Andrew, uh, Kolb is neat, uh, pretty much everywhere. Pretty much everywhere, and that's K O L B. In case you don't know by this point, sure is. Yep, and well, he knows it's his name. Well, I was. <laughs> de- <laughs> and Chris, tell everybody where they can find you Get on social media. At uh, the Beast is back on Instagram
3: uh, and on Twitter. Is at the beast underscore is
1: back, <laughs> okay, and then and then at Nightcake Press too, right? Yes, at Nightcake Press for both
3: Twitter and Instagram.
1: Awesome, and I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of ease. This has been an absolute pleasure and a very very fun month. Until next time, I'm Andrew.
0: Uh, I'm Andrew as well. I'm Luke, and I'm Chris. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Hold on to your butts.
1: good happy
2: things all right never mind
0: <laughs>
1: okay i oh. want to hear something sad
2: okay i forgot <laughs> i had a dilly bar to eat
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's not sad that's hilarious
0: no it's sad <laughs> oh please put that as the post credits tag on the episode are you
1: recording the...
2: yeah i'm recording
1: okay good, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well that's gonna happen before the clap loop, but you should totally put them up there Just your audio. You guys wanna hear something sad <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just a melted bag of sad. I'm a family, 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 I'm a